But uh, that was a great video uh, that the Bible Project made uh, that helped us to understand the, the work of the Holy Spirit. And the Hebrew word was translated into the Greek, which it's, you know, now uh, in the Greek it's called pneuma. So anytime you see the Spirit of God, it will be this Greek word uh, pneuma. And so that's what we're talking about this morning. And uh, on our 10th anniversary, what a great time for us to really talking about abiding in the Holy Spirit, that we would abide in the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the one that speaks to us. The Holy Spirit is the one that tells us what to do next. The Holy Spirit is the one that encourages that what we're doing is correct, or what we're doing is wrong, or it's not the direction. And so I want to teach you this morning that the importance of abiding in the Holy Spirit. And what I'm doing is just a quick overview. Remember, um, a lot of people have asked me, and this is the way they ask me. They always ask me, like, what is the Holy Spirit? And I quickly uh, respond with this. And I'd say, really, the question should be, who is the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit is a person. And the only that way that we can truly describe the work of the Holy Spirit, other than what we're about to read and learn, is by personal experience. The experience that we have with the Holy Spirit that we really can't put into words for other people. And it's like uh, people will say, I felt, or I know, or I sense the Holy Spirit. The more that you abide in Christ, the more that you abide in studying his word, the more that you abide in understanding who he is, uh, that is going to lead to an experience with the Holy Spirit. And again, I always say that the Holy Spirit is something that's elusive to us. It's something that uh, we have a hard time figuring out, okay, how do I know that the Holy Spirit is speaking into, to me? And we could talk about all those things, but the bottom line is if you are not studying the Word and understanding what the fruits of the spirits are and the gift of the Spirit, and you're not understanding those ingredients of love, that how we walk in the Spirit, then you'll never understand how to uh, hear the Spirit. And that's why I go back to it's your experience. Over my 30-plus uh, uh, years or 40-plus uh, years of knowing Christ, I have learned over the years that every experience I have, and remember, uh, every experience I have uh, strengthens my understanding of the Holy Spirit. So, and, and we call that having a history with God. So when you wonder, well, uh, well is, is this the Holy Spirit speaking to me to tell me to do this, to encourage me to do this? Number one, does it line up with Scripture? If you don't study the Scripture, you're not going to know. You're, you're not going to understand. And, and number two, how did God speak to you in the past? What was his consistent way of getting you to a place where you grew? That is your experience. Now, in the scripture we're about to read, I want, I want to recall you that we're talking about, we came from the, the cross where Jesus had, had died, he buried him, they rose from the dead, and we're talking about what Jesus had taught the disciples from the beginning of his ministry all the way to the point that he was taken in the garden, and they watched him be crucified on Christ, they watched him die, and they were struggling with abiding in what he had taught them in the past. And one of the things before he taught what it meant to abide, one of the things he did, which is real interesting, is we have to go backwards, and that's what God's calling us. What is your experience with me? And he's calling his disciples, what did I tell you? What did I remind you? Now for us, uh, we understand that through our experience. What did he do for us? What did he tell us? But also, what does my word say? What does it say about me? 
And I just can't imagine before we read this, we need to go back to chapter 14. I really want to encourage you to get your Bibles now. Uh, and uh, chapter 14, uh, we're going to read uh, these verses uh, from 16 on, but... To understand them, we have to go back to 14, beginning in verse 7. I'm not going to read all of it, but I'm going to give you a picture of this. He's talking to the disciples in verse 7 of 14. It says, If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. So what he's saying is, listen, you know God the Father because you've seen him because I and the Father are one. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said, I have been so, have I been so long with you, and yet you, have you come to know me? Philip, he who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? So you have to remember, the disciples... Are, are listening to him. And then he says in verse 10, Do you not believe that I am the Father, and the Father is in me? And the words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father, here it is, look, abiding in me. The Father is abiding in you, me, and in just a few minutes, I'm going to tell you to abide in the Father. And then he went on to say, uh, you know, whenever you ask in my name, that will I do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I'm a, I could almost see him saying that. And all of the disciples just kind of looking at him. And they're, they're, they're just looking at him thinking, well, I think I understand what you mean. But I'm not really sure. I, don't, I, just, I just see that there was a little doubt on their faces. And this is where we're focusing. I can just see that doubt on their faces and the, 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 the processing in their minds going, this is just unclear. I don't see the possibility. It doesn't make sense. And then he says in verse 16, he explains how this will happen. I can only almost see him looking at them, and then he said, look, here's what's going to happen. Here's how it's going to work. Verse 16, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Now, the helper that he's talking about is this word paraclete. It means he'll give you somebody that's going to come to your aid, somebody that's going to be an advocate. It's somebody uh, that's going to help you out. He said, I'm going to send somebody. I know it doesn't make sense to you guys, but I'm going to send a helper and that he may be with you. And I love this. He'll be with you forever. He doesn't leave you. He's with you. And that is the spirit of truth. And the spirit of truth, remember, is the word pneuma, spirit, uh, from that Old Testament word that we just learned about, the spirit of Aletheia, the spirit of anything solid, valid, sure. It's the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it does not, it does not see him nor him, uh, nor know him. That word known, word know is from the word gnosko. It means to come to, to recognize, to perceive. It doesn't know them. It can't perceive it. They don't even recognize when we say the Holy Spirit tells me uh, uh, to do something. He says, uh, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because, watch this, he abides with you. And what he was saying then, he says, you know him because I'm here and he abides with you. But look what he changes it to. He said he, uh, he abides with you and will be in you. So he's sitting there going, right now, I'm with you. But when I leave, he will be in you. And I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to the Father. I will come to you. After a little while, the world uh, will no longer see me, but, I will see, uh, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. 
Um, then it says, after a little while, when the world, uh, uh, because I live with you also, in verse 20. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. He who has commandments, uh, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him, watch this, and will disclose myself to him. Now that word disclose in the Greek means appear. And also we can understand that word uh, meaning that not only he will appear to you, but it has this picture that he'll appear to you in person. And what I want you to know, that's why we say not what is the Holy Spirit, who is the Holy Spirit. It's God. And, and God and Christ, it's in you. The Holy Spirit, he's in you. He's with you. And he's disclosing as if it is in person to what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to live. He says, um, uh, uh, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what then has happened that you are going to disclose yourself to us and not the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. That's the word logos. He'll keep this testimony of who I am. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode in him. We'll make, we'll make uh, our abode in him. We will become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Who does, who, uh, who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but it's the Father's who sent me. Verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while abiding. Here it is. While abiding with you. Twice he says, I'm with you, but I'm going to send this helper to be in you. And then it says this. It says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Peace I leave you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I don't give it to you as the world does uh, give it to you. And do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Why would he say that in the midst of that? Because it was strange that he was saying all this. And there was probably this nervousness in him that said, we don't understand this. We don't know how this is going to work. And for some of you as new believers or believers who've never really listened to the Holy Spirit, it's going to be odd to you trying to listen to this voice and wonder, is it the Holy Spirit or is it me? It says, you heard that I had said to you, I'll go away and I'll come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Now I have told you before it happens. Why? So that when it happens, you may believe. Remember, this is before uh, he even walked with them, probably down to uh, the, uh, the Kidron Valley and began to talk about abiding. He said, because I want you to understand this. I know it sounds troubling, but I want you to know this is coming. And then in verse, uh, in verse 29, Now I have told you before it happens, so that when it happens you may believe. And I will not speak much more with you, for the rule of the world is coming, and he has nothing, and, and he has nothing in me. But so that the world uh, may know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commanded me. Get up. Let's go from here. And that's why we believe, based on biblical example, that he was talking to them. And he said, let's go. And that's where he took them down uh, that little hill, walked by the spring, went through the Kindred Valley. And he began to talk about, this is how it's going to happen. This is that abiding process. Remember when we studied 1 John uh, in chapter 2. 
what I want you to, to know is that there is this part of knowledge that we will come to know who he is. And there's a process before we understand and know uh, all about the work of the Holy Spirit or start to work on experiencing the work of the Holy Spirit. But it's the Holy Spirit uh, that's more powerful than you can ever imagine. Remember, I tell you, every time I study the Scripture to read, I never read a commentary, I never read a book. What I do is I read the Scripture first, and I allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me because the Holy Spirit is better than any book, whether classical or new. The Holy Spirit is better than any seminary, is better than any, uh, uh, anything you can imagine. I'm not saying that all the education is not good, but the Holy Spirit will teach you more. John told us this in 1 John. I want to remind you where it says this, 1 John 2, 27. It says, uh, but you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. Remember, they were dealing with these Gnostics that we talked about, where they said there's no way that there's no way that Spirit, God, can take in and become a man, flesh. They can't, it's not possible. But he said, listen, you don't need these Gnostics to tell you anything. The Spirit of God, look, is within you. And he will teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches the pneuma. The Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches, I love it, he said, is true. It is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. The book you're reading right now, uh, if, if you haven't gotten one, just let us know. We'll get you one. We have plenty. And that book, Abide. Andrew Murray says this. Uh, later on, you're going to read it in about chapter 17. When you get to day 17, when he talks about the Holy Spirit, and he says this, discouragement usually arises from a misunderstanding about uh, uh, how the Holy Spirit teaches us. We, pursue, we uh, presume it is first a matter of intellect, when in actuality God's way is first a matter of experience and only afterward a matter of intellect. So in other words, we come to know Christ. So if I were putting this down and, and we, we, we look at this, we say, well, we're supposed to know Christ, we confess Christ, and we follow Christ. I would beg to differ. I want to switch that around. And I would say the base, the base of you knowing the Holy Spirit, the base of you coming to knowledge to understand what the Holy Spirit is, that first of all, you confess you have to confess Christ. You have to confess and say there's only one God. And that's where people get messed up. Uh, they believe certain things and pull other things into the gospel. But it's just like they did back then when there was idolatry. Now God's saying, listen, uh, Christ abides in you through the work of the Holy Spirit. And you don't need all these other uh, uh, Id uh, the, uh, the idols that they would worship back then. You can't add it to it. You can't say, Lord, help my crops and then go pay homage and bring food to an idol just to make sure you're covered. So you confess that there's only one God, and that is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Then once you confess it, you begin to follow. See, it's built up. This confession, you begin to follow. You follow because you trust him. You read something and you trust him. You hear something from the Lord and you go, is that from the Lord? Okay, uh, uh, does it match it with scriptures? I'm very leery of people that come up to me and say, uh, hey, the spirit of God laid it on my heart to tell you something. And I will listen. And if it, if it, does not have anything to do that's encouraging or edifying to me, I'll throw it away. Because that is what the Scripture 
the scripture says. It's got to match up with the fruits of the Spirit. It's got to match up with something that edifies me. Um, now, if I'm sitting in my elders and we're all talking and we've prayed and we'll make a decision and they say, Pastor, I think that maybe you need to rethink this, then I know that's the Holy Spirit possibly using them. But sometimes it may be that I have to think and pray longer to hear the work. But I'm just going to follow him. So you confess Christ, you follow him, and then you become to know him. You see the difference? It's, it's what, uh, it's what uh, Andrew Murray said. It, it's an experience first. You can't explain the Holy Spirit. You can't even explain how you came to know Christ. Listen, I want to encourage you that you confess him, you follow him, and then you get to know him. The abiding starts with a confession, and then you just follow. Even as difficult as it is, that all of a sudden, uh, a, a, uh, somebody you do something as a young believer, and somebody says, you know, that's, I don't think that's the way Christ wants us uh, to live or to act about this situation. Let's read the scripture. And all of a sudden, you don't, know, you don't know anything about that, but you follow and say, okay. But what you did is you confessed him. You're following based on other believers helping you, and then you get to know him. And then after, after you make an apology or something, or uh, the Holy Spirit says, hey, you need to say you're sorry for doing this, and you do, that's an experience, and now you've gotten to know him. So I've taken three words and kind of put it in uh, words that we don't like, and this is why it's so difficult for us to hear the Holy Spirit. Here it is. It's the words admit, surrender, and recognize. Admit is that confession. Surrender is to follow. And recognize is that word know. You know what's interesting is that the more that you know, you recognize, wow, the Holy Spirit's telling me to do this. The more that you know, you recognize, wow, you know, God really has taught me a lot. The more you recognize who he is. Now, here's the interesting thing about all these words. All these words have to do with giving up, giving in. You realize that? To admit something is to say, you know, I didn't know this. We don't like to be, we, we, don't, we don't like to, we like to be in the know, right? Somebody have asked you, have you seen that movie? I, uh, you know, and you, they go, oh, yeah, yeah. And you never saw the movie because you want to be a part of that group. We've all done that. And, and then you go back, and the only thing that you can talk about is uh, the, uh, uh, the advertisement you saw about the movie, and you quote that part. And then you go see the movie. Well, we need to admit sometimes we're wrong. The older I get, the more I'm going to go, I did it. I admit. And so there has to be this admittance, that confession that there's no other God, even though it doesn't make sense to you. Listen, and then to surrender. Surrender, we don't like to surrender. Uh, we do not like to surrender. But surrendering, admitting, Confessing, surrendering, following gives us an understand to know and to recognize we are nothing without Christ. Well, he who leads us to do all that, the work of the Holy Spirit who is within us. You know, Andrew Murray also said about this, look at this quote, receive what you don't comprehend. S submit to what you cannot understand. Accept and expect what remains a mystery to the logical mind. Believe what looks impossible and walk an unfamiliar path. This is the core curriculum of the school of God. That's a great quote. And so what I want to encourage you this morning, you go, well, what, what is the work of the Holy Spirit? It's not what is the work of the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? And what I wanted you to walk away with is that you have to confess him, you have to follow him, and you have to get to know him. I cannot tell you, listen, if John said the Holy Spirit will lead you into truth, 
then I believe he's going to lead you into truth based on the word of God. And he's going to help you understand who he is. So you may be sitting there going, well, how will I know? Remember, if you sense the Holy Spirit leading you to do something, if it's a decision, anywhere in Scripture, if you can go back and find, uh, is that going to edify somebody? Is that following the fruits of the Spirit? So if somebody says, hey, um, man, I think what you need to do with that person is just tell him off and do whatever. It doesn't match up with Scripture. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's your flesh and somebody feeding your flesh. The Holy Spirit will tell you. You know, as a church, I think it's really interesting that I've, we've all tried to listen to the work of the Holy Spirit. We've all tried to say this is not our church. This is your church. Um, and we have to make decisions around here. But I'm telling you, uh, we just trust the Lord, the Lord that much. Even as elders, there are times where we want to jump in and try to fix something. But there have been times where we've waited and said, let's just wait this out and see what happens. And the Holy Spirit makes a way. He loves the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit loves when we look at him, even though we can't see him, and we just say, you know, if you'll just tell us what to do, we will do that. In other words, I'm surrendering to that. It's like he said, I don't understand it. I can't accept some things. I can't expect uh, what remains a mystery. It's not logical to me. Uh, It doesn't look possible. And I have to walk in this unfamiliar path. And I love what he said. This is the core curriculum of the school of God. It's experience. And the more that you trust in him and have a history with God, the greater the experience and the work of the Holy Spirit will be. Well, guys, that's what I want to leave you with today. And I want to tell you I love you. And I also want to tell you, good night. I thank you about every two or three weeks, but thank you for continuing to be online. Thank you for continuing to come in. Even our community groups, we're running anywhere from 65 to 75 on community groups, which is probably 10 or 15 lower. I know many of you can't because you have small children. It's very difficult, and uh, maybe you don't have somebody to take care of them, but our attendance is going well. Thank you for your continued tithe. Again, we are not spending anything other than what makes this live stream work and uh, uh, making sure we pay our staff, but you have so continued uh, to honor the Lord, and we've come up with budget uh, again this month. And um, I just want to tell you, thank you for that. But more uh, that uh, that you would know that blesses the Lord. And let's pray for that great day when we'll all come together and we can put together these parcels and we can spend some time worshiping and we can spend some time uh, just being together. And I hope that we can have a, a big meal together and just enjoy the fellowship. So... I love you guys so much, and I'm going to pray for you, then we're going to let you go eat some lunch. So, Father, thank you so much uh, for loving us, providing for us. We again pray uh, for all those families that are in need, uh, that are hurting. Uh, We pray for those who have taken job hits and losses. Uh, Father, we thank you for, um, I thank you for this church family, and I give you the praise and glory for their heart of giving and helping people and doing meals Um, cutting grass, doing all those things that they do, not for themselves, but for you. And Father, and I want you all, I know I can't see you, but I know you're there listening. I want you to agree with me. It says where there's two or three gathered, there I am in the midst of them. Father, would you continue uh, to show us as elders, as Carpenter's Way, the direction that is best, not for us, that is best for you. And give us another great 
10 years that we can celebrate what you've done, who you are, and what you've opened up called Carpenter's Way. We love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You guys have a great, great week.